begins with this gate drop. Welcome to the preview show. We're back on another Monday at 6.30. Ready to talk Salt Lake City round 16. I guess we could call it SLC1. Uh, do us a favor. Let us know where you're watching from. If you are a new watcher, we do like to try to uh, communicate as best as we can. Also, please do not forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe, depending on which platform you're on. It really helps us out a lot. The other thing that helps us out a lot is if you hit up our sponsors. We got Bro Taco Hot Sauce, www.brotacofoods.com. Sean was nice enough to hit us up with a PTT, PTTG. You would think after a couple of weeks of me doing this, I could actually spit it out correctly, but apparently I can't. That's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, PTTG for 20% off your order. Also, let Sean know to have some good luck. I guess he's flying down to Texas, picking up a Harley and riding it all the way back to Washington. That's crazy. So, I may or may not be jealous. Hmm. Depending on which Harley I may, <laughs> it depends on how I answer that. That's uh, a very good point. Yeah. That's, uh, also, don't forget to stop over at sunstar-breaking.com. Email the support team. Uh, use code PTTG or really anything from the show. I sent you. Taylor sent you. Uh, Jesse sent you. Steve sent you. It's all good. And they will hook you up with 30%. Off that Sunstar sprockets and chains, hooking up the PTTG community. Also, don't forget to stop over to your favorite motorsports media network, powertotheground.com. Go ahead and jump over to the Discord, jump over to the website, hit us up on Facebook, hit us up on Instagram. Surprisingly, we have had quite a bit of people join the discord this week i don't know why i said surprisingly because it like that's a pretty sweet community so far so it's uh i'm glad to see it growing a little bit more people to talk moto with man oh for sure i'd definitely say it's surprising it's taking this long but yeah definitely over the past few days it seems like you just look on there it's like new person new person new person yeah exciting Also, Sunstar Sprocket giveaway. I think uh, I was just perusing through the old book of faces earlier, and uh, Jesse still has it up and running, I think, up until the 30th. So you got four more days to uh, jump on there and get signed up for the giveaway. Just want to wish you guys all luck. More luck than what Barsha had this weekend. How about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, man, uh, how's your week been going so far? It's it's uh it's going. It's definitely Monday. Um, I'm I'm I you know the weekend happened too fast. The race happened too fast. I'm excited that the next one's around the corner, but also sad because it's the last one. And I don't know what I'm gonna do for a month between now and outdoors. I'm, I feel lost. I do know one thing we're going to do is we're going to have some fun on here. 
we've been coming up with all types of crazy ideas for everyone. So, oh yeah, <laughs> it is. I think it's gonna be fun. I, I don't know. Some people might not think it's fun. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun. We'll find I mean, something fun to do for sure. We'll make, yeah. we'll make the most fun out of it. There's so much stuff that we could sit here and talk about. It's not like none of us are only stuck on like we can only talk about 450 pros and 250 pros and nobody else like there's still other series is running i actually mm -hmm. just got back from indiana over the weekend i got some cool footage we're gonna throw it all together uh working with our buddy wayne merrill out there in in indianapolis uh and my buddy brandon carter from uh right down the road here we went out there and had some fun this weekend so stay by or stand by i got some I got some sweet footage that's uh, hopefully coming out. I still have to edit it all. And, of course, it's an XC race, so there's only like three hours of footage that I have to edit. And Not a lot. No, nah, just more than your regular feature, <laughs> like feature movie or whatever it is. You yeah, know? right. <laughs> and, of course, it was a mudder, so you have to watch the whole thing. And, like, every time a glob of mud slaps, you have to wait to see if it's, like, a decent amount of time before it gets cleaned off. Um, Brandon did a great job of keep trying to keep the camera clean, but it was nasty. I mean, it rained from when we got there to the whole way home. So, it's uh, glad I missed that one. But <laughs> yeah, the mud ones are the ones you definitely are like, uh, you know, doesn't oh, yeah. in this one. Uh, I went back and I was watching some of the footage and it was uh, some of those mud holes, man. And watching like him get stuck or or him passing other people that are just completely buried. I'm like, eh, I think I'm kind of glad I took this week to heal up the old arm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, bad, there's, there's worse weeks I could uh, could have missed. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I guess... I guess enough weekend talk, man. We should talk about what everybody pretty much comes to this show to listen about, which is not me playing in the rain. Um, yep. <laughs> it's uh, let's talk some uh, some two fifties and four fifties, man. You ready? Yeah, I think some Supercross happened on Saturday night. I wasn't sure uh, after the Atlanta going into Salt Lake City. I couldn't figure out if I was watching Supercross or the Kicker Arena Cross, but. We'll talk about oh, that later. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> Run down our 250 top five real quick, man. We got Shimoda, Jet Lawrence, Nichols, Moseman, and Doe. Where did Doe come from? He's He's been, I mean, kind of solidly there this whole, the whole season. Um, he's not been... I don't know. Not there. He's he's been in let's see all the main events. He made it. I know he's been on some of my fantasy teams because um, he's got racing experience. Yeah, yeah, he's no stranger. Uh, but he's he's been all over the place. He's had he's had some sixteen, twelve, ten, seven, nineteen, nine, fourteen. So I mean, fifth, a little bit of attrition helped him out there. But it's like yeah. all these races, you know, if you're if you make it till the end, you're doing better yeah. than some of the people already. Yeah, that's uh I have been told that since day one of my racing career. Just make it to the checkered and you'll be surprised where you finish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? That's uh it I mean, he doesn't get a lot of TV time either, so so it's 
like a lot of people are like, who is that? How do you even say his name? You know, it mm-hmm. is Doe. You know, it's it's definitely Doe. But it's uh other than that, old Joe Shimoda. For him, but yeah, talk about confidence boosters. Yeah. Go. That's as soon as you said confidence, I just had to say it, dude. Joe Shimoda. Yeah. There's not <laughs> there's not many ways you can build confidence than getting the whole shot and leading an entire race for the first time. Oh yeah. He was on fire. And we've said it on this podcast. I know me and you talking have said it. Me and Jesse talking have said it. Uh I mean Shimoda is probably my my brother's favorite 250 guy. Uh he's definitely up there. He's he's one or two for me. I I, I like him. He's a nice, quiet, understated kid, but he goes out there and does the work, man. Um and he's fun to watch. If you ever get a chance to watch him live, it's great. Uh this year I think you got West Coast down there mm-hmm. in in Atlanta or whatever. But watching them up at Indy, the three rounds up here, it was definitely very entertaining watching him. Uh, he's he's so smooth and calculated and like technical, like it, it's fun to watch. And then all of a sudden he'll get mad, and his sprint speed is phenomenal. You know, so it's uh it's definitely fun to watch. And then we had a uh, old Jet. Nichols just barely hanging on. I bet you he wishes he got around Jet, but I don't. I don't think he was getting around Jet. <laughs> this yeah, weekend. I think. That, yeah, I think for Nichols, even with with Craig falling out of the race, I think for him, I don't know. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would have just been like, "No, I got to win at all cost type thing. Um, just to get it over with tonight. I think it's it's more of a. I can ride comfortably and that guy and somebody at that level, I'm sure you can attest to riding comfortably for those guys has got to be still fast, you know, to them just doing the motion oh, yeah. is still obviously, you know, assuming he was a top five type ride in that field on Saturday night. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there was any reason for him once he realized that he didn't get the whole shot is probably just kind of like, <sighs> I know I would play it safe. And I can't blame him for not trying harder, assuming he wasn't trying his hardest um, to just get third and say, we'll just carry it to the next night and know that this bike's going to carry me across for the championship. Yeah. Well, it also, well, that's the thing is the next race is the East West showdown. Mm -hmm. So if I was Nichols, I would have wanted to wrap it up tonight because now you got some real, you got, you got everybody. You know, except for the guys that are hurt. But I think if he would have, if he would have wrapped it up tonight, I think he would be in a lot better mood. I guess I would call it going into the oh, East West sure. Showdown, rather than knowing this is the 250 race that everybody I know of has been waiting for all year because it should be from round one to round 17 should be an East West Showdown, and then. You also have, I mean, you got Cooper coming in. You got Hunter coming in. Uh, Craig, I guess, broke his ankle, so he's out. But if he would have just gotten a little bit better start, I think he might have been able to get around Jet to to wrap it up. Well, Jet, I don't think it wouldn't have been um, Jet that he needed to get around. I think he needed to get around. He would 
He needed one yeah, more he spot. He would have been one point off. He would have been yeah. one point off lead if he got around Jet. So I think after they realized when Craig hurt himself, um, I I wouldn't blame that team for thinking like, hey, you still you could easily wrap this up tonight. The one scenario that can't happen for you to wrap this up tonight is Joe Shimoda getting a whole shot, leading the whole race and finishing it first. <laughs> Not to say that he can't do it, but like, you got to say like looking at the whole season, oh, yeah. that's the one scenario that can't happen. And they're like, what are the chances? Pretty and good, man. You can't count Shimoda out. I mean, he would have had to have beaten Shimoda. Like that was the one yeah. thing he had to finish in front of Shimoda and he could have wrapped it up. And yeah. it was, it wasn't Joe and Colt in fourth and fifth. It was Joe and Colt in like first to third, where the points differences are more than one point per place. It was just yeah, all the situ- like the the one situation that couldn't happen for him to wrap it up last night is what happened. Yeah, I mean, you can't hate on it. I I have a hard time believing that anybody in that class, especially in like the top five, are not stoked for Joe anyway. Oh yeah, Every- and. That's yeah, and yeah, every single. I mean, even, I mean, Jet and Joe are friends, obviously, but you know, the whole yeah. there was everything afterwards where those two were congratulating each other. I read an interview with Joe uh, today where he was talking about some of the stuff he and Jet were talking about after the race. Uh, you know, they're on completely different teams. You know, they're good friends, and I can't imagine a guy like Colt. He's not. I even think a guy like Justin Cooper would be excited for Joe. You know, and, oh, yeah. and Cooper's way too just mellow and shows no emotion most of the time. I bet Colt is probably like. You know, if I was going to not wrap up a championship, I'd want it to be for a guy like Joe to be able to get a whole shot and lead a whole race. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's very true. I, if I was in those positions and I will never be in those positions, but if I were, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I, uh, I started about 20 years too late into this to be able to be in their position, but (laughs) I have been in like circle track and go-karts and and stuff like that. And it's hard not to be stoked for the guy, man. It's really not. So even if Nichols was a little bummed that he didn't get it wrapped up, it's not a bad bummed, you know, it's not like, uh, I went out there and washed the front and ended up in sixth place, you know, Uh, 94, but it's, uh, (laughs) it, it, it happened because somebody put on a phenomenal race, you know? Yeah. And you can't go in there and get, and definitely, I mean, if it's not that there's, it's either happy or angry, you know, you could be like middle of the road and not care. Who knows? Maybe Cole's apathetic to it. And we just don't know. I just, I don't think he's angry about it in that sense because of that. You know, when you get angry about it, then you run into these situations like you got with uh, Jet and Moseman, you know, where they're just, I don't even understand that situation, to be honest with you. Like, what kids with each other for who knows what reason? Yeah, like, get over it. What, you guys like, clearly said you were wrapped up for whatever BS reasons, like races ago. Why? Why do you got to go? Yeah. bring it back up. But it's like we're saying, Jet's still a kid. I oh, yeah. I remember the dumb things I thought and said and did and overreacted about when I was that age, and just because he gets paid way more money than I do now. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Doesn't mean his emotions still aren't a child, you know. You can I guess Yeah, that's I mean, before we click the go live button, we are sitting here trying to figure out how Jet is so mad at Moseman and like 
to basically I don't know if he if he legitimately flipped him off or not across the start finish, but he definitely threw his hand up there. And I don't know. I, I'm guessing it wasn't like the okay sign, like good to go. Oh, no. but, what did he say? He said in the clip from the press conference, because I still don't think they've gotten the whole press conference out yet. In the clip from the press conference, Jet repeated multiple times that he was showing uh, Moseman that he was number one. Hmm. That's, how he, that's how he phrased it. It's like, just had to, you know, let him know he's number one. Yeah. And I mean, if it looked like he flipped him off, but the camera is not the greatest when those dudes are doing like 30 miles an hour going over a jump. So yeah, zooming in on a guy's middle finger is not, uh, not their strong point. Yeah. So, I mean, he very well could have been putting up a number one finger. All I know is that his, he looked all the way back eye to eye and threw something at him. Yeah. He was not, uh, not excited. His uh, going back to the press conference, though, his answer as to why he did it, I feel like was very subpar um, or the excuse, I guess, that he, he gave as to why why he did it. I felt was a little subpar where he's like, he tried to take me out. He aimed for the front wheel and like we were sitting there talking about it we both went back and watched it numerous times. It's on the highlight videos. It's not hard to go back and look at. I don't think that was simply the case. I, I think Moseman pressured him a little bit. And I think that the slight little bit of contact that did happen was not intentional. Cause I think these guys are all good enough that if they want to take you out, they will take you out. You know, uh, nurse banks. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Cough, cough, <laughs> but it's a, uh, so I, I can't believe that that excuse. I felt like maybe his emotions or hormones or attitude or, or something like that was heightened when he did see that it was Moseman in front of him. And they had a nice little battle there for a little bit where both of them could have taken each other out when they wanted to, you know. And then that happens. And then I don't know if maybe that's why... Moseman just kind of, he didn't seem to be having a very great night to begin with. I mean, he was kind of all over the place. So, it, I mean, I don't know. It It's hard to say, but that was a pretty immature move. Like, so. Yeah, but I guess even the, you know, like I was, I think I was saying earlier, you know, he's young and emotions, but then we look back at how much older is Kenny? Uh, Kenny quite didn't have a grasp on his own emotions at Daytona either. So yeah, uh, yeah, no. Just, and this is a very emotional stuff, sport. Yeah, it is. It is what it is. So I'm not. I'm not ragging on him too hard. But yeah, the point is, no matter what he says afterwards, like he had gotta, plenty of time in between when they crossed that line to the press conference to kind of get it right, though. You know, yeah, and, and even then, just, you definitely don't want your emotions to get a hold of you while you're on the track and make you to do something stupid that ends yeah. up taking you both out. Um, yeah, although we have seen that already this year between those two. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, what are you gonna do? What do you guys think about it? If you're uh, listening to us live on the uh, on the video streams, we do have the chats running. Uh, Jesse is a fan of Joe, also. 
the first and only comment that we have is Joe with all like capital and lowercase letters. So Jesse is a fan, but let us know what you guys thought about the, uh, the jet and Moseman thing. Um, the only other real things that we have is the 450 stuff and we'll get to that when it's time. Uh, and then I'll ask for your guys' opinions and stuff too. And it's also, don't be afraid to comment after, uh, we do try to go through most of the comments and, and still interact even after the show. So let us know how you guys feel. And if you are listening audio only on like Spotify or any of your podcast networks, jump over to our Facebook page, join the conversation or the discord even better, which you can get from the Facebook page. Yeah. So real, real life, real time. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's throw up some 250 East points. So it has been so long. I had to actually go back and remember how to like spell some of these names. So what were they? <laughs> they were off for what, like seven weeks or something like that. It was a really, really long. And the fact that they made it, I mean, I can't even imagine being Craig. You make it seven to eight weeks of training, not getting hurt. And then you get hurt. Oh, did you see his ankle? Uh, yeah, I saw the I saw the picture they posted before the race when the, when uh, I think his wife was saying like ah, we're gonna we're we're gonna suck it up and try to go. I saw it then. I haven't seen anything after that. But so I saw the after photos, and you could tell that his boot was really the only thing that was allowing him to. I wouldn't call it walk, but kind of like skip along, like mm-hmm. really limp along, because it ended up being like the size of a softball it looked like like his ankle is screwed and i was reading a bunch of stuff on it and guys are like well how did that happen blah 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 he kind of baseball slid down the down the face of the landing that i remember i think it was ricky or maybe it was blair saying that he did catch his toe on the lip of the landing so it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, riding boots offer really good ankle support. Mm-hmm. However, I don't think they're designed for a toe catch like that with your full body weight on it sliding across the dirt. So I think that's probably how it happened. He, I hope it's not too yeah, damaged. There's, there's not much about a boot that's going to protect you from like a the impact from the bottom of the boot. Like if he was sliding and the bottom of his foot, toe, heel, whatever caught the lip of that yeah. jump and like had um force going up into the leg from the bottom, there's not much about yeah. motocross boot that's gonna stop no. that. It, I mean, people have broken their ankles just from landing hard. Yeah. Before and that's you know effectively what happened to him on that. And it just because I think it was he he did something to his ankle, but then I think they said like the bottom of his one of his leg bones um, was broken right there at the bottom of the leg bone. It wasn't just the ankle. So yeah, it was definitely a pretty heavy impact well, I, on there. I think the uh, if he did break something down there, it would, it's a lot easier to break your fibia than your tibia. So that's a couple weeks out. He might miss the beginning of outdoors too. Yeah, that was that was part of the talk, and man, that's I wouldn't want to. Yeah, 
I I don't don't envy him if that's the case. Um, I mean, you know how how emotional he was about you know coming back and getting wins and doing well this season after having everything go on. Um, for him to have this happen on the last round or on a potential championship and then mess his outdoor season up. Yeah. That's not going to sit well on him. No. Nah. Um, Maybe it'll make him hungry for next year, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he'll be, he'll definitely be back in at least 250 Supercross, most likely again. So, yeah, uh, I don't think he's said, pointed out yet. He said Fib. Is Fib. Yeah. Yeah. Called it. I've only broken a couple bones. So, <laughs> <laughs> only a little bit of experience. Just, yeah. Just enough to be familiar. Let's, uh, let's run down the East points real quick. And then, I was able to dig up the overall 250s to kind of see how it looks coast to coast. Uh, so let's run down the East real quick, and then we'll go over those. Uh, we got Nichols with 187, Shimoda with 164, Craig with 158, Lawrence with 151, and Moseman with 116. That's a big difference between the top four and the number five. Yeah, I mean, it, it didn't help that, you know, when you're looking at it, Jet finished 23, 23rd. Wait, no, got 23 points in one race. You can't finish 23rd in a 22 rider. Except for that, no, there was that one event. Is this that event where there was 23 riders that he finished 23rd? Yeah. Yeah, the, the yeah that's why, uh, remember the whole... Uh, oh, why did he get the lineup thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he did, yeah, he did, wasn't 23 points. Nope, nope. That would have been winning. He finished 23rd in like the one event ever where there's going to be a 23rd place in the Supercross. Uh, Jet claims that. Um, that'll be a weird trivia stat one day. And right. so, and then Moseman didn't even race two races, Indy three and Orlando one. Um, so that didn't that help out. Be. So, and then Craig didn't race this one. So yeah, there's, there's, there's going to be a gap there for the, what effectively the top five guys, uh, three yeah. of them missing races. Um, but then yeah, going into that. Yeah. So re- effectively worst case scenario, gold doesn't race. Joe could win the championship, but I don't see that. No, but who knows? We, we also thought, uh, Craig was going to race this week. Yeah. I don't want to jinx it. Uh, I'm that a, I'm a very cold guy, true. but, we we all thought Craig was going to race last oh, on Saturday night. So, I I was kind of iffy after you watched him severely limp away. I, I thought he he was. I don't know how he would have been able to work his shifter. Oh well, I mean, not just like after the race, like after the accident, but you know, like yeah, if something random can happen, like I said, seven weeks of hardcore training, outdoor training, even, uh, and then to lose it during qualifying um, on a race day. Colts still got another another yeah. week. Hopefully he doesn't really get on the bike and just takes it easy on Saturday. Yeah, very true. So the 250 overall points, this is east and west, is looking like a lot more fun for a, a stat guy like you rather than a huge jump like the east to west stuff. Mm-hmm. We got Nichols with 187, Cooper with 180, Shimoda with 164, Hunter Lawrence with 160, and Christian Craig with 158. That sounds like a pretty fun battle, especially those last three. 
where they're all right there. That sounds like a, a pretty fun battle. It would be if you had your wish and they awarded. I'm still trying. I'm still trying. <laughs> this if we is a life talking, goal of mine. We can't stop talking about it. If you, no. if you stop talking about it, then the dream's dead. So we'll, yeah. we'll always talk about it and pretend. So, I mean, yeah, there's, you know, you can't act like there's not. I mean, granted, the points are relative within, you know, their coasts, but, you know, there's a little bit of pride there about being maybe the guy that finished your series. Uh, you yeah. know, they both got nine races. Um, you're the guy that finished your series with the nine points bang races um, with the most points. But yeah, in that coast, and, you know, we, I'm sure Jess will talk about it, but uh, there's only three guys potentially in the championship hunt technically, but it's, it's even crazier for Cameron Rackadoo to potentially win. Who knows? Yeah. You know, something could happen if some, if a Craig incident happened to uh, Justin Cooper next weekend, it could be a real tight battle between Hunter and Cameron for the, for the title. So I'm, I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but hopefully the, uh, the bad luck all went to Christian Craig on Saturday and it doesn't affect anybody else. Yeah. That's a, uh... Jesse's asking an interesting question. Who has the better finish next weekend, Hunter or Jet? This is the most interesting thing I think about the race next weekend. Like we'll we'll just say let's pretend like the titles are effectively wrapped up. At this point it just comes down to like fun racing and I think those two really don't have anything on the line outside of their brotherly uh rivalry and this is the first time they're going to be on the track together since I think Salt Lake City last year at a Supercross track was the first last time they were on a Supercross track together. Um, and I, I need to go back and double check that. I'm pretty sure Hunter and Jet were racing together in the same coast last year and put them on the Salt Lake City track. But yeah, so they're the only ones that really have anything to kind of prove to another racer out there next week, other than potentially taking, you know, an easy somebody taking an easy win because the championships are quote unquote wrapped up. Right. So who wins, Hunter or Jet, man? Oh, I, <laughs> I, if we take the start out of it, let's say they both get a good start. I think Jet wins. I think if they both have crappy starts, I think Hunter wins. Hunter's been more impressive to me on an eye test level as far as just blitzing through the pack afterwards um hunter's definitely a seems like he's a better passer then again those were i'm really thinking about all three of those atlanta races i remember him just hauling through the track uh through the pack on some of those tracks and maybe that was just because the atlanta thing and this isn't atlanta man yeah i don't know Mm. i I'm taking I, Hunter. I personally want Hunter to win, but I don't. I don't I'm know. taking Hunter. I think, I think this Stamp is dead it. territory. Yeah, we'll see. Those stats of Hunter's tell me that Hunter is better at Supercross than Jet might be. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Hunter only had what, like, what two races in SLC for his whole for his whole like Supercross season last season. That was all he yeah. had. He jumped in late did two races and then I think he got hurt again um, or re-injured his shoulder or something. 
Um, so he didn't even get a full set. So Jet's got the experience on the tight tracks like this one is. And so are you taking Jet? Yep. All right. As much as what I about want Hunter to win, I think it's Jet. So we got Hunter and Jet. What about you, Jesse? While we're waiting for Jesse to answer, let's. Uh, while we're still on two fifties, how many more laps do you think it would have taken for Jet to pass Shimoda? Three. Three. Let's see. Okay, well, jumping back again. No, Jesse's going three. with you. Is this the? This is the Jesse and Tiller versus Doug weekend coming up. <laughs> so right, Jesse's throwing out two, two laps, and then Jet probably would have cat caught and passed Shimoda. Not just think, catch, but catch and pass. Yeah, that's that's where I'm getting caught up in. Is I think two to three laps, Jet would have caught him easily. I don't know how big of a fight Joe would have put up. I think Joe would have put up a fight. You forget Indy when he almost landed on Jet just trying to make the flat corner pass. That boy's yeah. hungry. He's hungry. But yeah. fast making making fast passes and stuff. Um I don't know. I just I wonder Joe being the respectable guy that he is and those two being such close friends, I think Jet would easily get aggressive with Joe. I don't know if I've seen enough from Joe to think that Joe would really get aggressive with Jet in a corner. Like maybe a, a simple block pass kind of thing where he kind of cuts on the inside a little bit, but nothing where he like really runs him up or gets kind of, we'll say dirty. I think Jet would be most likely to do something dirty without being mean to Joe, but not the other way around. Hmm. Well, let's, uh, I'm going to throw up your graphic. I, I do apologize for the, uh, the audio guys. We'll do our best to try and explain this. Well, Tiller will, cause to me, it's just a bunch of, uh, bunch of lines. Um, maybe we can throw these, these simple graphs up on Facebook later for anybody to go over and look at and have a conversation yeah. about, um, so let's, Let's explain your graph here, man, because it's looking a lot like Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the colors, right? Yeah, so um, it's just a simple graph that I basically did a line chart that dotted out the each lap. They did 19 full laps, um, as recorded by the AMA, of the, the lap times between Jet, the red line, and Joe, the green line, um, kind of showing, showing where they're at. And obviously, you know, I was thinking, if you look at this and see – Granted, the numbers, it seems like a much bigger difference between like 49.5 and 51.5, but that's really not that big of a difference. So Jet was recorded as coming across the start line the first time in fourth place, if I remember correctly. Um, Joe Schmode obviously had the first, so when you're just looking at these lap times, it, you wouldn't expect that Jet was only in fourth place uh, coming around. Um, and it's just kind of showing Joe definitely had a little bit easier lap times right off the bat getting the whole shot and just exactly what you would expect um and then jet kicked it into the gear and started doing what he does and then right about where they ran into lappers because i think they lapped up to fifth or sixth in this race um right when they started running into lappers you can see it right there probably lap 13 14 um real heavy yeah. that's when they both started getting about the same lap times um also when jet started playing with moseman and trying to catch up to joe a little bit more 
um, they started running in. And then we'll see it in the 450s too. Once they both got a little bit closer, um, uh, they probably freed up. Like I said, if they're if they're lapping up to fifth or sixth, then the gap between the people they're lapping is opening up a little bit more too. It freed them back up to start putting in lower lap times again. Yeah. Um, and that's what they were doing. But it looks like Jet was putting in a little bit lower lap times more often there right at the end than Joe was, which is obviously, you know, he was catching him. So, yeah, you know, like you said, your question of how many more laps would it have taken? And based on this, I think two to three would have been a, a pretty fair, reasonable assumption for Jet to catch Joe. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with that. That's kind of what I was thinking, too. Um, the catch and pass is where I get hung up, mm -hmm. you know, because it's. Uh, I have a feeling Joe can be a lot more aggressive than what he's ever shown, you know, but it's also is he willing to is, is the big difference. We all know that Jet is willing to at the drop of a hat. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, I think but, Joe's just a little bit more controlled and would be more likely to be on the reserve side given the opportunity. Or maybe he's smart enough to do the old uh, let Jet take himself out of the game type of thing. You know, when it comes technical riding side by side, I I would probably have to give it up to Joe a lot more than Jet. So it's uh, it's hard to say. You know, mm -hmm. does if Jet gets a little bit heated up. Joe seems a lot more cool, calm, and collected. And, and I, I do think at this point in both their careers, he is a little bit better technical-wise as well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's hard to say. Speed. Now Jesse's going to four or five based on that info. You changed his mind, man. You're making him second-guess <laughs> himself. He doesn't know what to do with himself out there. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a hard – you could read that kind of stuff a few different ways when you're looking at those lap times. You know, like I said, when the, once they started getting – where they if they really were lapping around fifth or sixth, you know, those fifth or sixth place guys were spaced out a little bit more, so it's not like they were running into multiple lappers every yeah. lap there for a couple of laps. So they had a little more free space, and you saw it. They both – both their lap times dropped back down. Um, both of them did uh, right there yeah. at the end. They were floating bit. around like the 49 and a half, 50s once they got a little bit of clean air. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's uh, Shimoto was definitely knew he was coming though. I you kept seeing him look over like, okay, I got a little bit of time. Yep, the track was tight enough. All right, I got a little bit of time. He could easily look over and see. He knew he knew where he could uh, that he could see where his friend was. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's uh, what other uh, there wasn't too much two fifty news, man. It was Craig getting uh, broke. Shimoda being awesome. Mm -hmm. And then uh the Lawrence Moseman Days of Our Lives episode that happened. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean Moseman Moseman in general was kind of interesting because he had he had some laps. Um he was on Joe's Joe's butt for so many times and uh, it's been talked about already. Um, but people who know a fair about, about it more than I do as far as racecraft and where to pass. But yeah, I mean, you, anybody could see it. Moseman was trying to make passes yeah. multiple times. Um, like I said, somebody that's race supercross would know more about if that was a smart place to do a pass or not. But 
yeah, for the fact it's as many passes it looked like he tried to make and he just couldn't make it stick. Um, Need to see if we can get 51 on here to answer some of these questions, man. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then, you know, too, even watching the 250 race again, there, that rhythm section, the long rhythm section at this track, um, the only thing that, after seeing some of the rhythm, like one of the, my favorite rhythm sections to watch in Atlanta, the one at Arlington three that we all liked this long rhythm section here was simple when you looked at it, but just that little lip at the edge of that first table messed up yeah. so many guys from putting oh, yeah. in their pass through that line. Like they wanted to, they would come out of that corner fast. They'd have it set up and then they would just clip that little lip just the wrong way for the fast line and it messed up the whole rhythm and then they would lose all the work they did on the rest of the lap. And yeah. just something that simple actually made a pretty good difference in uh, how that race turned out. I think, um, especially even the two fifties, there were multiple times I even, that's why I brought it up because of Moseman. I think there were multiple times I remember seeing him mess up uh, going over that section when he could have, you know, either caught up side by side with Shimoda in that lane so that he could have put a better pass in that next corner. Um, but that lip, man, messed up so many people that night in the 450s too. Just something yeah. so simple. That's uh, apparently Moseman reminds Jesse of 250 Anderson, which I can't completely disagree with um, for the most part. You know, I, mm. I can definitely see it. I think there's some real technical differences between those two. I, I still like watching Anderson ride, man. He's... He's fun to watch ride. Yeah, I think it, even if you don't understand riding, Anderson's one of those kind of guys where it's, I think that just the average new fan could look and be like, oh, no, that guy's clearly doing it different than the rest of them. And it's not just the shirt being untucked. Like, he yeah. just looks so he's, different. He's got a flow about him that's just way different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. But... You ready to speak to Anderson? Let you ready to jump into some four fifties, dude? Four fifties. Oh yeah. So let's run down the results here real quick. Our four fifty results. We got Marvin Musquin taking home his first win in two years. Webb Stewart finally on the podium in number three. Ferrandis is up there, and then Sexton in fifth. Now, there's a couple notable names that I know a lot of people probably had in their fantasy, which was old Kenny Roxon and Eli Tomac. Uh, unfortunately, they did not hit the top five this week. So, oh, man, when I did the pickums for 450s, there was so much red. <laughs> so much red from where the picks just like, nope, nope. This name wasn't even in the top five. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I know mine got mine was bleeding red, dude. Yeah. Yeah, not having Roxon and Anderson both in the top five really. Yeah. And I think um I think I kinda even teed Jesse up for it in the review show last week that Anderson qualified uh first place three out of the seven times in Salt Lake City last year. The other four were for four completely different people. Um, I expected him to do the best. He did pretty good in qualifying, if I remember, on Saturday, and then yeah, didn't didn't win. That's kind didn't of a that's kind of a theme, though. 
is he's been doing pretty well qualifying. And I know when I'm going through picking my team, I'm like, eh, like he's so fast. But there's just something about putting 21 other guys out there with him that is not, something's not working out. And I don't know, he doesn't get horrible starts. I mean, he doesn't get great starts, but he doesn't get horrible starts. So I can't say it's that per se. Yeah. So I don't know. There's just, could just be luck, you know, like I said, even if he's not getting a horrible start, if it's just yeah. an ass start, that's still anywhere from five to 10 chances. And by chances, I mean other riders that could mess him up. Cause like in Atlanta, the big thing, they were going through a rhythm section with multiple different lines. Even those last two jumps after the tabletop or three, there was multiple different options right there. And I think what Anderson did wasn't really wrong. And Fernandez just was doing a also acceptable line and just landed on his back tire and it messed up for both of them. Yeah. Um, oh, you're talking about last week. Yeah. And so I think, yeah. you know, and, and something like that, it's just, if you don't have that start where you're in the top three to four going right out there, your chances go up. I don't know, exponentially is not the right word, but it seems it feels like it you know, yeah. it changes for how you got to deal with other riders and how that can affect your night. Um, and Anderson That's just fun. didn't execute it. Jesse says he feels like Anderson is feeling the Cincerillo role right now. <laughs> oh, he's not animal. doing enough dirt angels for me to accept that. So yeah, he's finishing races. He's finishing yeah. races. Yeah, that's uh, but I do I do agree that he's coming out on fire and in practice and qualifying and then for whatever reason it's just not he's not finishing and that's it's sad to see because i like anderson i think he's very much a anderson reminds me of the 2021 version of like a punk rock type attitude where he's like i can go do whatever i want but i'm gonna go do this instead you know Mm -hmm. and and i really like that but let's uh let's run down some points because they're not really that many changes um we got webb with 362 roxon with 340 tomac with 312 barsha with 273 and plessinger with 249 so there i think what is it mookie i didn't i forgot sixth place but mookie is he's got 230 and yeah oh who's sixth place anderson with 236 okay yeah, so there's a very good possibility that that will be our the whole top five, pretty much in that order. Uh, come the end of Salt Lake City two, the final yeah. showdown. It would take Plessinger having a very unfortunate incident for that to not well, not very unfortunate. I don't know. Say if Anderson won, wins the next race, Plessinger Plessinger got. 15th or something less it could it could swap but i don't uh don't think there's too much um on the line in their contracts for their pay about who gets sixth place in the championship no but it's there's a lot of a lot of new guys in that in that area you know Mm -hmm. um not necessarily new to 450s or new to supercross by any means or but Plessinger but, being in the top five, I think that's going to be a big feel for him. 
especially being oh, above yeah. 2018 Supercross champion. Yeah. It's going to make him feel good at the end of the day. I mean, he's had a good year. He's had a solid year, and that's that's important. I think that's just as important as being in the top three is to go from not have not stringing together very good years to having a real solid year to really build a foundation on mm-hmm. at, at some point that feels just as good because all the guys in front of them have had those years too, where it's just not working, not working. And then all of a sudden something clicks and bam, not, now you're cooking with gas, you know, and it's almost like that's where Aaron's at right now. So I'm really inner entertaining the idea to see him continue to rise you know maybe next year we'll see him in in third place you know Mm -hmm. never know and we still have outdoors he's pretty decent at outdoors too so yeah and we're still not 100 sure where he's going to end up next year seems like the rumor mills leaning more towards him having pretty much accepted the orange rolled I don't know. It's not it's not published yet, but rumor mills, rumor mills, so take what you I, want with that. But I don't want to have to be on Yamaha or KTM. Yeah. I mean if he goes orange, I'm still gonna talk mad shit about orange bikes. Except for his. His <laughs> is the only orange bike that I will accept. Just throwing that out there right now. At least so, we'll have at least we'll have like one thing in common about what we're supporting. I'm fine with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine with that. But you know, if he right. if he does do that, I almost would I don't want to say write it off because that sounds like you just expect him to not do anywhere near as good as he is. But like, I also, when you switch into to a completely different program and bike like that, I, I wouldn't expect him to have an immediately better year. But then again, that's what Webb did. Yeah, that's what Webb but, did. I that's know, what Barsha was supposed the to do. Between that but... star program and the Olin program. I don't know. See, that's where I still just don't think, I don't know. I just have a hard time seeing AP really benefiting from that program. Cause like you think the guys that are doing so good in that program just don't feel like AP to me. You know where I could see him doing good in a program that has some olden influence is team fried, bro. If he does go over under that tent, I could see him and Anderson palling up and possibly doing some great things. They yeah. both have pretty similar personalities. You know, they just like to have fun, train hard, have fun while you're training, not go out and do a 40 mile bike ride just because, you know. Well, that could be so well, yeah. But I mean, there'd be some technicalities with that because part of the, the toss up ideas are in the rumor. Yeah, in the rumor millers, if AP goes goes there, Anderson's on his last year of his contract. Maybe he doesn't even stay in the the KTM umbrella. I mean, he's not even with Alden anymore. Yeah, um, but so is Wilson. You know. Yeah, but Wilson's at Alden. He's 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 riding on the other half, on the other side with the um, was it Rarick that's training that group of guys where he's riding with like three or four of the two fifty guys. He's, yeah. I think Dean's the only guy that I that I think is similar. In I don't know, maybe that's just because Dean's like really out outgoing, and I think like AP is. And obviously, that doesn't necessarily have any direct correlation with how they train, 
And, you know, because you can still be a funny, outgoing guy that posts silly TikTok videos with your girlfriend and just train your ass off, yeah. right? But I just... But if Husky gets rid of Anderson, who else do they have? Because Wilson's a year-to-year contract. Anderson's well, up. But and then, that's part of what I think what we were talking about is that we're not sure what the hell Husky's even going to do. If if they yeah. if Rockstar really does back out of the Husky deal, then maybe they just keep Osborne because he's the only one still on a contract. Yeah. And they just run Osborne and maybe Hampshire in like 250 or something and just keep it small like Gascast is doing right now. It's a possibility. I don't know. And that's if he does go to Orange. M- is it Musquin that's out? Uh, no, they're. Uh, I think they're saying that um, Marv's it's not Webb. Marv signing. Um, Marv signing a final, just like or it's another comic final. I mean, it's safe to assume that it's probably a final, just like thanks for being loyal. Let's just sign you two more years. Let's ride it. You know. Yeah. Because I mean, he it. can still win. We just saw it. He's had speed. He's just had bad luck. Yeah. You know. Luckily. The other night he had good luck, you know, or no luck, I guess is better than bad luck, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to see Musquin of old, which is amazing to see. And I can't see them throwing him out. They're not going to throw out Webb. Webb is the one that's carrying the torch right now mm-hmm. for that whole group, you know. I mean, they expected Barsha to show up under that umbrella and do great things, but let's be honest, he hasn't done anything any better than he did when he was on the blue bike. Um, and then, I mean, who else do we have? But I think Yamaha is really on to something with Plessinger and Stewart together. Mm-hmm. I think if yeah, you I... take one of those two guys out of that, you're going to see something... It's going to affect the other guy, I think, is what's going to happen. I could see that. I could see that. I just, I would be amazed. I don't know. I think KTM's probably got more willing to throw a larger wallet at AP than what Star would be willing to do. And maybe that's what they're banking on. And maybe that's enticing to AP. But I just, I would be really curious as, like a real honest opinion from him where if he does say, man, you know what? Like we turned it around this new star program for the Yamaha 450s is amazing. I'm loving like the idea of the whole Florida transfer with Yamaha and like how that feels different than California. Um, I like the East coast thing a lot better. Just what is it about the KTM offer that is so much better to make you say, Oh no, I really think they can put me on the, in first place. Is it just because that's what Webb did? You know, or is it? Yeah, but what, what is the so what is like? What is the objective thing that you're looking at? Is saying, yes, I believe this is going to be. This is what's going to make me better. Is it? And who knows? He may. You know, maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe it is a dollar amount. And I wouldn't blame him for it. But I just think yeah. the progress he's made with the star change this year, the whatever changes they found halfway through the season, that's really just made him feel better. And it's got to be something really enticing for him to want to leave that program. Well, they shook up the whole team pretty much for him, you know? So it's to say it's because of the web thing. That was, that's like apples to oranges, man. That's not even the same team anymore. That's not even what I'm saying. Like it's, it's kind of hard to say, you know, like the comparison of web on the Yamaha 450 to KTM isn't quite the same thing 
as saying Plessinger yeah. on the star Yamaha 450 to KTM. Like it's it's a different jump. Like you're talking yeah. about a jump of five to one versus the jump of I don't know three to one type thing. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely know. following this uh, as close as I can, you know, because it's I really like AP, you know, and I mm-hmm. I like Yamahas, so I can't. To me, it feels amazing, <laughs> you know, and I don't want to cheer for an orange bike next year. Yeah. So I will. I just don't want to have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, no. We'll see how we'll see how it goes. But uh, yeah, as far as the top five in the championship, um, it's it's most likely just going to stay, like you pointed out, exactly the way it is. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which you know, there was a point halfway through the race where uh, we were sitting on the couch watching it. Um, you know, it it was even at certain points for me, I was getting kind of excited about it. They'd flash on the screen. They talk about you know points as they run. You know, Kenny's got a nine point behind on Cooper, and I was just like, "Man, this is this is another 2017 like yeah. night final thing. Like this 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 year is going to happen. Salt Lake City two final rounds is going to be exciting to watch. If there's a nine point gap, you know, it's oh, yeah. it's really going to matter. And then and then it I happened. Mean, if it was a lot closer than what it is i would do couch cross by myself if you guys couldn't join me (laughs) like i was so stoked and i've been saying it all year i don't care who wins who places where i just want a close race i want to see a super cross go to the last round again Mm -hmm. you know but i don't think it's happening this year man Uh, i don't i don't want to wish wish ill on cooper i don't want to wish ill on anybody but yeah it's there's only one way it's gonna come down to the final race even then if cooper's out then it's then yeah if cooper doesn't start the race it's automatically kenny's i don't see that tomac's not even in the um running so it would be automatically kenny's if something happened to cooper and he didn't even start the race but but the only thing i think would make it super entertaining where we would be like yelling at each other like get on discord now like let's (laughs) let's go is if something happens to Cooper in the heat race where he has to go through the LCQ. Now, we all know he's probably going to win the LCQ, but mm-hmm. like we've seen with Anderson and Barsha and stuff like that, it just makes it a little bit more interesting where you're like, where does he start? Like, can he get because... through this race? Like, especially if it's a mechanical, there's always that in your mind. Like, mm-hmm. did they fix it or did they fix it like... Osborne was it Osborne at Loretta's where they changed the gas tank but didn't bring any gas? Mm-hmm. You know, is it one of those deals? Like, how's this going to shake out? You know, yes. As soon as as soon as it diverts a little bit from normal, which normal for for Coop is top three all day. Yeah, you know, standard standard stuff. Um, it's yeah. that's that's the best way I can think of it being highly entertaining without anything bad happening you know i mean granted that's still to be in cooper's the mechanics like the costers like any of their their shoes it's a horrible feeling but to us the fans to know that he's safe he's all right it's just maybe just a little bit of a bike problem like he threw a chain or something like that yeah 
Just something to keep it a little. Yeah, shake it up. On the edge of your toes, because like even even on Saturday night we were watching the race. Um, you know, she was like sitting on the couch, and you know, like I said, I was I was getting a little kind of like you know I was excited about the nine points, and but I was still kind of like, eh, you know, like there's there's not a lot happening here, and then then lowest washout. Yeah, and I got I got excited, and she was all like, oh oh my goodness, you know, like you know she was getting like really into it. She got super excited seeing Mookie on the podium, and it was just reminding me. I was like, okay, you know, like I get a little jaded sometimes by this stuff, but like it's still pretty pretty exciting stuff. I want that gear which one mookie's gear i want oh that. Yeah, i would I mean, rock that, that that was uh, that was i made that comment multiple times during the race i was telling telling my daughter i was telling amy i was like that that kit that kit is fire i think even what did my daughter say she said uh she yeah she she was like yeah that's a good fit that's a good fit <laughs> i was like it's really oh, good yeah. yeah even the the i didn't like mookie's gear the first two atl races because it was that purple and gold yeah. Uh, what was that? The, the Lakers? I don't, I don't know anything about yeah. basketball that he was going with. But that that third race, that kit was. Dude, well, seven's coming out with some cool stuff. I wish I wasn't so fluffy. Um, it doesn't. I've had a pair, or I've had a set of it, and it doesn't. It doesn't fit me properly. Mm-hmm. You know, like how I like it. It's a little tight in places. I don't want it to be tight. Mm-hmm. Um, but Can't it's relate. uh, yeah. But it looks awesome, man. Like that's when I wish I was just kind of average height, but really skinny, you know, yeah. so that then it would fit. Yeah, but it's, it's gear like that that sometimes make this new Thor, Thor gear just look. Are you talking about the bad avocado gear? Just it's the it's too baggy for these guys that are so fit. Like that that gear is made for guys like you and me, you know that yeah. that, that that aren't just like the pinnacle of like athletic body style. And then a, so they do that. The colorway is not the worst part. Like the colorway is definitely hit or miss. Like it's not the best, but it's not the worst. The worst is the fit on these guys. And then they don't even bother trying to put matching boots with it. Yeah, I'm bad with that. I got red and white a sevens, but the kit I wear is like neon blue and neon green. Yeah. And then I have a red, white and black helmet. So I look, I don't know. I look like a bad pimple. It's a hard but, thing. It's a hard thing for even like, uh, you're, I mean, you're above the tier of a weekend warrior, but you know, you're not a professional racer with gear deals. They can just yeah, be like, Hey no. guys, can I get a set of boots that matches the gear I'm being forced to wear this <laughs> yeah. weekend? It's, and that's where it that does kind of suck for like Mookie though, too, is because seven doesn't make boots, you know? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure their neon yellow is different than like, thor or alpine stars neon yellow mm-hmm. yeah. you know and that's you just go but then you have the just gotta to get it close black, you know <laughs> yeah and it's like the same gear with this thor gear like all these guys all all season long every time they wear it i hate on i hate on them for it i'm like why did you have to just give them black boots just don't make it stand out and then you give them boots that make it look like how baggy these pants are wearing and now, then the color anyways, we could the only one that can get away with different colored boots and i like it is Osborne those red boots when I see those things charging through the pack I get a little excited because mm-hmm. oh, I, I keep thinking I am an about Osborne if I'm going to buy another set of boots I was thinking that because I got a, the boots I wear now on my street biker Garnets and I was wondering I was like I mean I wonder if they make I keep thinking about it and I keep forgetting to look it up but I wonder if they make red boots like that um for street 
Because I would totally, I would do it all day long. Yeah, I don't know. I wear Ariats on my street bikes, so they don't make red boots like that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, Jesse also threw up a, another good possibility that could make it happen. Think of Zacco with the flat tire, man. That's that was so frustrating for everybody watching. It was, but it gave me a new appreciation for Zacco. Oh, dude. dude, Zacco outdoors last year. Yeah, so much more appreciation. Oh for my Zacco. gosh. Just every time you don't think that you can like that guy more, it just gets a little bit better. But yeah, exactly that's a, to his point. That's all it takes. Just something little like that. Maybe maybe he gets a flat tire because that happens. Yeah. You know, Gate Institute. had a flat tire. Um, Damn it, I'm Dunlop sure guy. More. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, yeah. There's there's lots of lots of little things that could happen to make it exciting. That's the only thing we can hope for is just a little bit, a little bit of excitement. Um, oh yeah. Not too much it, though. I don't want to see it, anybody miss outdoors. All it takes is yeah. But I mean, that's all we need. Who knows? A flat tire in a supercross race with like this. The only thing that could happen is Ken finishes first, Cooper finishes last. That's where they're at. Twenty-two points. I don't see Ken that has happening. to get 23. Yeah. Coop has to get first. No, wait, that happens. There are 22 points. Ken gets 23. Cooper gets first, but one point by actually finishing the race. Then it's a tie, and it comes out to who gets more wins, which was so Coop. Cooper. Yeah. That would still be entertaining, though. It, it still would be like a member that year. Yeah. But it's uh, it's just stuff like that, man. That's That's what we need. Yeah. So... To wrap up my slides real quick, not my slides, the the graphics or whatever, you threw together some other ones. So the one with everybody is a bit too much, man. Yeah, that one was, it was in my head. <laughs> it made was, sense. It, it would be easier to look at if there weren't the variations in some of the guys, like when they went down and you look at the, yeah. the really slow lap time. So with, in my head, when you're looking at them all closer together, you keep it, it'd be a lot easier to see them all in there, but there's just one too many on there. So I figured, what is it? Top two plus Kenny with Kenny's thirty second freaking wipeout. Yeah, that was that was probably the. I don't. He fell so slow, Kenny. That Mm -hmm. was. uh, I don't even know how to put it into words. So I'm gonna throw that up there. So we got Marvin Musquin, who is orange. If you can see, we got Cooper Webb that is blue old school Cooper. Uh, and then we got Kenny Roxon that is red. And for you guys listening audio only, we will still do our best to explain what is going on in these lap charts. However, we'll also throw them up on the Facebook so that you can see them as well. Let's take it off, Taylor. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, uh, we're looking at the line, line chart, like the like on the last one, we got the lap times for Kenny, Marv, and Cooper over the course of the whole race. Um, Kenny was out front. The lap times on the first lap, obviously Kenny had the fastest, and it was going. They were going about, I mean, real close. Um, obviously, you know, lap times. Even if you're doing the same lap time, if you're not in first place, you still got to pass people to get up there. I mean, you can see. Marv, the orange line, was keeping up with Kenny. We're um, doing pretty good for the considering the fact that he wasn't 
in first place with open air like Kenny was. Um, Cooper was keeping right on there at the same lap times with him, too. They were all moving pretty much in line with each other, other than Ken for those first, like, six laps where he was in front of everyone and didn't have to be behind anybody. He could just kind of run with it. Um, and then he was going. And actually, you know, when I was looking at this and putting it together, I didn't even realize, and we probably wouldn't have noticed, but there around lap 10, he had that slower lap anyways, which allowed which allowed them to catch up with him. Um, yeah. And maybe that kind of put some pressure on him that we didn't really think about. Um, well, if you look at the, uh, the two just, following laps right after that, 11 and 12, Marv must have smelled smelled a little slow down man because he charged a bit Mm -hmm. yeah and that's and that's kind of why i was really thinking about putting this together because i remember watching the race and i was watching the gaps between them and i was noticing a couple times where i was like man the gap really changed that lap and i wanted to see kind of if that was just me was it bad ama timing which i mean technically this you know could still be um but yeah like exactly what you just said you know maybe maybe Marv saw something right there at 10 because those next ones, he just kept going and maybe that put the pressure on Kenny and because it was lap 14 um, or in lap 14, 15 when he went down the yeah. first time. Um, and that's where everything got messed up and he got passed. Um, and then also from there, you see Marv Cooper saw. and Marv are just yeah. going and then Marv slows down a little bit. Cooper doesn't slow down as much. Um, and that's what allows them, you know, they, then they keep it real tight, those Knicks. But then the cool part was, I didn't realize it. You look at their lap times, those last five laps, those two are both cooking. It wasn't Marv just holding oh, yeah. Cooper off. It was, they were both cooking. They were both speeding up every single lap for those last five laps of the race, which does not happen that often. Like you don't see two yeah. guys that just and Marv of all people, like you don't think Marv has a turbo button. But this race he did, he said, No way, man. I'm not I'm not letting Cooper just go. I'm not gonna let him just go and like let him just win this championship right here, right now. I'm gonna oh, fight yeah. for this win. I want this win. And they went um they they just went for it. And then too when I was looking at the lap charts, I didn't realize Cooper set the fastest lap, his fastest the last lap of the lap. race on the last lap. Yeah. There were right. only a couple guys that posted 47 second lap times in the entire race. I think, I think it was only two. And Kenny. he posted a 47 at the very last lap. Looks like Kenny did on the third lap. Um, and Marv was right behind him. I think, with this it's it's really entertaining to see so like on lap 10 like we talked about the 10 through 12 you can see them all kind of react to Roxon's mess up mm -hmm. and then you can see Webb really start to push at like the halfway mark which we know Webb is a last half racer you know um you can see him really push and whatever happened on lap, what is that? 18 where both, which they weren't even next to each other, but Kenny and kind of very well could have been lappers, but yeah, and Kenny and Musquin looked like look they were those, racing each other, you know, and you then, look at those lap times and it's, you know, those and granted, these don't tell the whole story, right? Yeah. But you look at it and I think it's kind of easy to put the story out there that 
Kenny and Marv maybe don't know how to handle lappers as well because Cooper's thing this whole season has been how well he execute passes kind of when you wouldn't expect him to. And this just shows that these are probably the same lappers granted in a different part of the track. They're probably the same lappers that he's dealing with the same lappers Kenny and Marv are dealing with the whole time, right? Over and over again. But his lap times, while they're changing and going up, they're not as drastic of a change as Kenny and Marv are dealing with lappers. He's able to just find a way and just keep like he's slowing down, but it's a reasonable rate of slow down each lap, depending on the amount of lappers they're running into. He's, he's making work of the lappers even when he runs into them while the other guys are struggling with it. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, um, it looks like the last five laps, Kenny just kind of gave up too after the last slow up. Cause he, yeah, I don't remember way what off pace. On, but it's a. Uh, I'm gonna drop that down so I can see your marvelous face. Yeah, look at it. <laughs> right, but it's a. Uh, I think stuff like that is awesome, man. It's a. Uh, whenever you get time, I'm not gonna say no to putting those up, dude. They're just fun. They're <laughs> so. a fun way to tell the story, because it's, oh, yeah. it's things like that. You know, you talk about like, oh, he, you know, it's like a shark in the water. He reacts, and then when you can sit there and look at it and see, like, here's yeah. something happened. And like, here's him actually reacting. Cause sometimes I get kind of cynical listening to, listen to uh, talk like that. Sometimes I'm like, Oh, well, yeah, of course. Like he reacted. That's, that's what they do. But like, is it to actually more, like, what was it? That, it yeah, yeah. Like more, more in a physical. It. Yeah. I, it's uh, it's definitely entertaining. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll throw those up on the Facebook page for everybody to see. I am more interested in that 451 with those three guys than most of the other ones you know Uh i mean seeing the last part of the jet versus shimoda but there was a pretty decent gap in between those guys Uh yeah that one's hard to tell without knowing what was happening on the track because you look at it you're like oh it's just those two racing side by side but it wasn't you know you definitely need to have the context but with the uh especially with cooper and marv going at it and you can really see that and that they were that close and then you see the battles and the lap time statistics mm-hmm. dude that's pretty cool man yeah you just nailed watching that the race without if you watch their race at the end and just watch it it's exciting right because you can tell they're getting close and then they're changing up and cooper made a little mistake and slowed down like one point in time but then when you look at that chart and see that those two are speeding up every lap in the last five laps of the race like that's <laughs> exciting that's just it puts context oh, yeah. into what you're looking at that most of us average guys you know can't tell that they're speeding up like a yeah. half second per lap and they especially were. not on the tv because no. all they do is do the the gap trackers like you don't get to see any of the the lap times or anything like that on tv mm-hmm. and the cameras switch so often so fast that you lose that whole perception now, when you're actually at the track, you can kind of tell, you mm-hmm. know, but that's, you still have to have some experience in the sport to be able to be like, no, those dudes are pushing, you know, because mm-hmm. otherwise it just looks like a bunch of guys riding bikes, jumping jumps and following each other. You know, you can't, can't tell like, oh, he might hear his exhaust getting a little closer. Now it's a little further away. Now it's a little closer. Now it's right on him, you know, mm-hmm. but 
following the lap times and stuff like that is awesome. And that's, I wish they would do more. I wish they would do a better job with segment times, Mm -hmm. especially in supercross, you know, uh, motocross, it's probably extremely hard, but. Well, outdoors. Yeah. Outdoors. I mean, the tracks are longer and stuff, but I I think the segment times are a little bit simpler as far as like a data point, because it's, I don't know. There's sections of an outdoor track that are more technical than another, but they're all just so different and it's all just like a big outdoor track. Right. I think And my point is that in comparison to a supercross track, like I think, and they explained it in that, in that Blair's breakdown one day and I was overthinking how they made segment times and it's, they do it in the most just simplest way, purely just to have segments. Like they don't put, they put thought into two of them and the rest of them are just kind of out there. You know, like there's, there's no reason there's not no reason it's a little, a little bit more complicated for their system, obviously, but like when we've got a supercross track with six to eight lanes in it, why do we only have four segments where two of them are very specific? You know, we should have at least six segments, if not more, you know, to like really time down, like granted, we're not the teams. We don't have the, you know, they've got the lit pros. They can really time each lane down in the corner times entry and exit and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think we deserve it at least, you know, like maybe when you got two, two long rhythm lanes and a 180 connecting them, I don't know, maybe have enough in there to where like you can really segment those two specific, the start of yeah. rhythm lane one, the 180 and the very end of it. So you can really, and they pointed out to us at the beginning of the night, they're like, Hey guys, we're going to talk about segment times. Segment two is this very specific thing. So when you see it, and we're talking about like, oh, they went through the whoops faster or whatnot. I can tell you, like, look, here's segment time two. Yeah. This is how much faster they went through at that time. Like, holy cow. Speaking of them bringing stuff up on the set or on the broadcast, though, Daniel Blair and RC have done a phenomenal job. Yeah. I think it's mostly Daniel Blair, but it's, uh, dude, he should have been in the booth forever. I still think that they need Langston as the pit reporter. Weijin Daniel in the booth, dude. I think that would be that would nail it. You know, I think they could keep Ricky in the booth. I think Ricky adds adds mm, credibility is not the right word because that sounds like Weijin Daniel wouldn't have credibility. But it's nice having RC the goat. Like we can say he's the goat. You know, if he if he's in there as a third guy. He doesn't have to add that much. So he's like, maybe if Ricky just doesn't get better and he can't add like quality content like we want him to, then it's fine. He's in there and he can add stuff. And he's like the guy in there, right? But then when you get guys like Weege and Daniel who can just talk it out and then throw stuff to Ricky and have him throw it in, that's fine. But I think maybe the problem with Ricky that some people might have is the fact that it's just relying on him too much. And maybe he doesn't need to be in there as a, a piece where he's relied on and he could just add, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Daniel, I was disappointed. I didn't get to watch it live, but when I went back and watched it last night. I was really impressed. With he what nailed he it. Did. Um, he I was really it. worried about when I watched, cause like I said, I watched the 450 live 450 minute event live and I thought he did good, but I felt really bad about, um, all brick man, because the the couple segments they had him do during the 450 man event were really kind of weak. And I was like, man, 
if they had Rutledge Wood saying this exact same thing, everybody would just be shitting on him over and yeah. over and over again. I was like, granted, it's a little bit different attitude, but like they just gave him the worst segments in there to talk about. He did a good job delivering him. It was his first time. I get it. But I was really worried about what they had him do the rest of the night. I was like, if they're having him doing this right now, they probably just gave him crap stuff all night long. But when I went back and watched it, I really like the segments they had him doing. And it's, I don't know. I, I'm glad that he did it because he's got a level of credibility as what he's done in the sport to be able to talk about that. But I don't know. That's, I don't know why they couldn't give those same segments to anybody else to talk about before, you know, like why did they have to wait for him to be there to do it? And maybe it was an idea thing. I don't know. Maybe when they were yeah, like, Hey, we can bring in this guy. What kind of ideas do you have to talk about? They yeah. can do it. But I was, I was just impressed overall with the broadcast on Saturday night. Um, and how they put everything together not just, I mean, the, the, the players did their parts, everybody performed well, but I think hearing more from DB behind the scenes about how they put these productions together, I think it was clear they did a really good job putting the whole thing together from the, the things they talked about, who they used, how they threw it back and forth. I was really impressed with it. Yeah, that's, uh, I was I think that was the best broadcast, you know, and with, I don't know, I can't hate on Rutledge because I love Top Gear and stuff like that. And I think he, he definitely brought, I'm not going to say a little kid attitude, but definitely like, a, this is awesome that I'm even doing this type of attitude. Mm -hmm. And like, I can't get on the Vavilliman bandwagon on that, you nope, know. I'm not on it either. Yeah. And it's... I like Rutledge, you know, and, and like I said, I think he brings that great, like, oh, shiny object, you know, type of personality. And Albrecht seems scared, man. You know, he he did. He seemed like he loosened up more towards the end. And I can't do any better. You guys have seen me progress from where I could barely read off of a piece of paper to where I'm at now, you know. Um, but it's... Man, I still remember the first time I had to do this all by myself. I, I was, I was pooping my pants, man. Nervous, but it's a uh, yeah. But it's also like I get it, so I, I definitely get it. And obviously, there listener viewership is worldwide. You know, uh -huh. I'm not saying ours isn't, but they're like on. TV and shit. Nobody's going to put me on TV unless I'm on like cops. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, I get it, but it just, I don't know. I, I don't mind having outside people in our sport. If some of our greatest announcers were like Dave to Spain, mm -hmm. he has nothing to do with our sport, but he has everything to do with like, the Lucas oil power block and stuff like that. Like he, if just as long as you understand the basics of a motorcycle and that most of these dudes are severely badass, then you'll probably be all right. If you have a personality, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I don't know. I think there's just a lot of hate for anybody that's hasn't grown up racing, you know? Yeah. And I think like, like Jesse said, we have Chad Reed, who I think is just as good as RC and has had just as well of a career, you know, um, we have Entignap. Um, what's his name? Tyler? No. Which one? Is the one it? that's doing the 
broadcast stuff now? Yeah, it's Tyler. Yeah, yeah, Tyler. I get those two confused. Yeah, I get those guys confused all the time because they're both like, let's go do music. Let's do this. And like Adam is not afraid to just stand in front of a camera and talk anyway. So (laughs) I get them confused. But I mean, he brings it. it. It's it's hard to really it's hard to say. You know, like, why can't we give these other guys a chance? Rutledge is actually a very good announcer and a very good TV personality to begin with. Why do we got to hate this dude so much just because he might wear like a clown suit? Like, why? Yeah. Obviously, they could have utilized him differently. Um, Yeah. I think they did kind of make him out like a goon. Some of the segments they gave him seemed very goonish. Yeah. And I think they were trying something for him. And And I think a lot of the cynicism towards the decisions they made this year with the announcers and swapping them out were for people who just, I'm not saying don't understand business, but like aren't opening their mind enough to consider the business decisions they're trying to make and trying to figure out this year. You know, it's like, these aren't things that they can test out and try without actually doing it live. Like they have to do a broadcast and they have to try it to figure out yeah. what works and what works there. I hope, I mean, NBC wise, I believe they're using this data. They're looking at it. They're figuring stuff out They're They're making decisions based off how things are going. And for people to just like watch a broadcast on a Saturday night and just lose it on social media and go off on Rutledge for like no reason without, I mean, who knows? Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe NBC doesn't care. And they're just like, ah, these are, these guys had a free schedule and we've got them on contract and they're cheap. So we're just going to, you know, utilize them. Um, and we'll find out next year. We'll see what happens next year. You know, if they, if nothing sticks and they don't act like they learned anything from it next year, then. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, with budget wise too. I mean, if you're trying to bring in, uh, sorry, I got distracted. But yeah. Uh, Michael says Despain was his favorite. He's one of our regulars on the old discord too. See, oh, yeah. you guys just don't know what you're missing out listening, not hey. pay, hanging out on the on the Discord. Jesse thinks Discord. that uh, Jesse thinks that Dungey would be a, a good disposition. But I did. I mean, I'm a hardcore Dungey fan, and but I yeah, I think disposition is the right word. I think he described his dis. They got to work on his phrases a little bit, but his his phrase bank is about as big as Ricky's. Um, no disrespect, but I don't know saying I could do any better, but um. Well, let's give it a shot, dude. But I think, you know, the other thing that happened this weekend because um, the switch up they did, putting JB on uh, Race Day Live, he was so good. I've loved having him on there. And then I got that he was doing, he did the fly racing show uh, in the pits in Atlanta when I was down there. And just hearing him like talk with those three goons the whole time, he's just, he's so, he's so good for, oh, yeah. It's just classy and he can talk about it. yeah, Dang. I was surprised. Michael said, you guys are crazy. Dungey would would not be good in the booth. <laughs> I, I can't say one way or the other because I personally never really heard Dungey talk. I'm not one to listen to a lot of the interviews or anything like that. But I don't know. I don't know how I would feel about that. You know, I guess my short list would definitely would definitely have Reed on it. When Reed was in the booth, booth, it was good. You got Justin Brayton. His 
years are number two and he's been in the booth and he, and he does good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I also like how like racer TV does theirs where they'll just go by and find a racer that might not be 100% racing. Like they're not afraid to go grab Stu Baylor and be like, Baylor, your leg's broken. Come to the booth and, and help us announce this race. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be good. Uh, Ryder Francisco, show up and help me call this race for Minios. You know, like just stuff like that. What? Why can't they do that? You know, I, I mean, think granted, they've been doing on... a good job of that during race day live this year. They've had yeah. longer. I think the way they do race day live this year, granted, RIP Jim Holly race day live context. Um, but I think the way they've been doing race day live this year is so much cooler. Um, but you know, like giving them their own setup there in the stadium where yeah. you can see what's going on. I mean, granted, that was a little necessity because of COVID and the way they changed it up. But the way they're doing that, and they've got racers come up and talk about it, like you know, they've had the cat AJ Catanzaro come up multiple mm-hmm. times in between his qualifying sessions to come up and talk about, guys, this is this is what's happening out there right now. I just yeah. rode that. Th- this is what's happening. This is, I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. Granted, they if they get better about how the cameras work during qualifying, that would be great. But yeah. um, baby steps, right? So, well, what I noticed, at least at Indy, is most of the cameras were just static, and then they would switch to them whenever people would ride through that area. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't think they actually have like camera dudes working because that's a long day. If you have, yeah, to... they're definitely operating on way less camera guys. You know, yeah. they're they're not. Um, they don't have the full camera set up, but uh, just even like this is a different track, but. Like they zoom in way too much. Oh yeah. On the thing, like you don't, you don't need to like zoom in on the whole thing. Like I need to see the section and what yeah. they're doing through the section, and you can't see like what they're doing through the section when all you can see is the bike and the literally the jump face that he's on. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, the race day live, they're they're practicing, they're doing. I just I really hope to see permanent change, semi permanent changes next year, based on what they've learned this year this year was different because like you pointed out you know they've got contracts and stuff they got to work on i really think that's why ralph left was because why have ralph when we've got two other guys that are quality motorsports announcers that we can have have do it it was like a little bit of a budget decision uh contract wise and they've been and it's clearly that's kind of what they're doing too they wouldn't have put db in the booth if they didn't have that flexibility to do that if they would have had ralph on contract db wouldn't be in the booth no definitely not he deserves to be in the booth, though. Mm-hmm. DB fan for life, dude. I'm going to get it tatted across my stomach or something. <laughs> <laughs> He'd love it. He'd right? love it. And that's uh, good old Jesse. Discord is cool. It took Doug months to get me on there, and I felt like an idiot when I realized how awesome it was. I'm glad you enjoy it, too, Michael. <laughs> dude, it was. I was always on him. I was like, man you need to get on a discord. You need to, you need to. And he's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. And then he finally joined ours or whatever. And he's yeah. never on it. And then I was finally like, you just need to invest a little bit into this, a little bit of time, man. And then he did. And now, now it has grown into what it is now, which I, I think discord's fun. It, I have a lot of fun talking to you guys on there. Let's, let's get ready to start wrapping this thing up. All right. So I went through, and I counted 
all of the paths, start positions to finish positions and, and figured this one out. It took me a while this race because there wasn't like a standout winner like Hunter Lawrence last race. Guess who the Sunstar driver of the race is? You're never going to guess it. Wait, is it? Can you keep me? Is it 250 or 450? 250s. Again, dudes are putting in work on them 250s, man. John Short? Yeah. Yeah, my man on that yellow bike. John Short plus 10 in the, in the main event. You guys are all saying Suzuki's are slow. Get out I'm of here. I'm not going to lie. I I forgot that he was on a Suzuki this year until this race. And I was looking at it again last night. And they were talking about John Short. And I was like, I see a yellow bike. Who's because yeah. I don't think he was on a Suzuki last year, right? Because he, he's no. on the was he's on the Bar X team. Yeah, I think year? so. Yeah, I'm I think pretty sure. And then what was it in Atlanta? Those guys, the Suzuki's did pretty good on one of the races. It was pretty surprising. Yeah, that Bar X team. Um, yeah, they're... the Suzuki's aren't bad. So what if you can't tune your bike with your cell phone? You know, it's well, a, actually, I think this year you can. Yeah, well, I'm saying like just people talking shit on Suzuki's. I'm a oh, Suzuki yeah. guy. You know, your only real downside blue. is if you fall down on a Suzuki in a Supercross race, you're screwed nowadays. Yeah, well, don't fucking fall. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. can't, argue. Can't, to tell you. can't argue with it you just can't, don't fall down yeah like Roxon, nah stay off of suzuki fool yeah Which brings us to our next bro taco sauced it moment guess who i picked dude um i almost want to say you're almost leading it into Roxon, but i imagine there had to have been a better sauced it moment I picked Barsha, who should also not be on a yellow bike because he was out oh. there doing dirt angels from start to finish. Something happened with him. He just had the worst luck. And that what happened is you steel frame reason. guys put him up on a pedestal and that fool's too short to reach it. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's going to do so great on a steel frame. It's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I That's. Yeah, I think. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to hold out until see how he does on Saturday for it because uh, all the stats from Salt Lake City last year, steel frames, steel frames ran the show. Yeah. On average. I don't know. I feel like this is gonna be the best first off week episode. Is where we go through the stats from last year to this year and figure out who has done better with either big changes or no changes. I think yeah. that would be a pretty good show. So, and that's right we, up your alley too, man. We you got the, all them spreadsheets and graphs and stuff. <laughs> we did the, the teaser that was it a month or so ago. We did the halfway. We we're looking at some of them to see how much better they did. And it would be nice to see what it looks like now, because we did that yeah. before round 11, where effectively Salt Lake city would have started last year. And so it's going to be, it's going to be, interesting to see obviously there's a huge disclaimer of last year was weird this year was a little weird yeah um, but they're two weird years so you can kind of compare them without saying well this is how they normally do it because we can't say that about either one of these years no these two years back to back have definitely been um comparable and mm -hmm. i i hope that they get that um 
what is it the 250 east and west kind of figured out so there's not such a huge gap but yeah i don't know i don't know we'll see there's a there's but, a lot i hope they learn from this year and they bring back one oh, yeah. of which being please more super speedway races oh yeah please michael's checking think... me he said oh, can no. he won two championships on a suzuki i know he's all over my office michael i have to send you uh send you pictures of my office i have i was thinking about that posters all over when you made the comment about he should stay off on a suzuki and i was like well i mean he was on a suzuki uh, at one point so he's I not gonna talk go back this to year. Suzuki yeah. now yeah but like yeah he's not gonna go back to a suzuki but also how many times did he fall down that those two years when he that was pre i think the last championship he had on one was 16 before he went over to honda and messed up yeah, his arms he went he went ktm suzuki honda right yeah and every time I watch those old races, not old, old, we're so old. Um, those races from like five, ten years ago, I keep forgetting that he was on KTM for a while. And I was like, it messes are, with your brain, doesn't it? Those are the years. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, no, I I definitely have not forgotten that he has won two championships. But I was, I'm a Moto fan. I have short term memory, so I only remember what has happened in the last two or three weeks, and Don't nothing you did good past on that. There's a lot of guys that have done pretty good on a Suzuki. I still I can't remember what year it is, but I'm I think Ricky I did remember. good on a Suzuki too. Who? Ricky. Who's this? Carmichael. This, like, this goat guy? Yeah. That won a won a lot on a Suzuki. Yeah. That's what they, they keep telling me is the goat. And then I go look at Ryan Sipes and I'm like, ah, that's the goat right there. Yeah, that's the but, goat. Um yeah, they, they a lot of guys won on Suzuki's, but also other than JS7, they didn't fall down that much. But <laughs> but then everybody that fell down had to kickstart their bike. So yeah, that's kind of a different era. Yeah, that's the thing now. That's it's an it's a full on complete disadvantage now. Is they are the only ones that still have to kickstart their bikes when they fall down. Speaking of kickstarting bikes, I was talking to a couple buddies that are on that side of the ocean. And they said that there's quite a bit of rumors that the 2022 Suzuki might actually have electric start. That they were supposed to roll it out this year, but because of the way everything happened, they just wanted to get bikes in the showroom. That, I mean, if they're adding uh, cell phone like fuel maps or ignition maps, they did this there, last year. Yeah, the electric start. Like at this point, what? Does a couple pounds on the bike matter at this point? They're not. They're not Depends leading. Depends on who game. you ask. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like, to some people care, but like, as far as a mass manufactured supercross bike, motocross bike, they're not. They're not leading the game. It's not like they're tied for second place, and they're like, oh man, we can't afford to put a, a electric start module on our bike. Like, yeah, they're already heavy, but like, also you're already the cheapest. You know. Yeah. They're acting like they're fighting in a different segment. Yeah, I don't know, man. So I don't know, but maybe that'll be another one of our off-week topics, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, we're filling them up, guys. Keep paying attention. So <laughs> we're gonna come up with crazy stuff to talk about. But also, also, we'll take take suggestions. Um, yeah. Hop on, hop on the Discord. Tell us, tell us what you want us to ramble about for a month. Yeah. Between Discord, Facebook, all that. I know our West Coast guys are still at work, 
right now, I feel sorry for you. Well, you might be just getting out, but when we start, a lot of our West Coast guys are still at work. The old 3.30. So I used to hate when shows would start around the time ours does when I was on the West Coast and everything was on East Coast time because I'd be mm-hmm. like, now I got to catch up, you know, but I'm sorry, guys. I also of don't want to be up to like 10 p.m. We're going next Saturday. I 10 know. o'clock Eastern, man. This I know. Been the one nice thing about this entire year is that I haven't had to stay up until one to watch a Supercross once. I don't well, think. since we're all going to stay up late and it's the East-West Showdown, let's BS on the old Discord race channel, dude. Oh, yeah. For sure. Because I'm like going to be sitting in my basement trying not to yell so I don't wake up my kids. But I'm actively going to be yelling probably so that anybody watching the race with me in my house doesn't fall asleep. Ah. <laughs> all right, man. What else do we got? We don't have much. Don't forget to stop over at uh, brotacofoods.com. Use code PTTG for 20% off. And add a note for Sean to see on his Harley ride across yeah. half of the country. Wish him luck. Yeah. That's... Wish him best wishes. Send him all the good vibes, all the good energy. Even if you're not buying something oh, yeah. from him, jump, jump on his, uh, I think his personal Instagram is pretty open on there and i think i mean he's pretty probably gonna share some on bro taco but that's the one thing i'm excited to see he's planning on recording that whole thing and that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty 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 epic trip to follow i'm definitely jealous it'll be nice to live that vicariously through him sean if you catch this episode let us know what you're riding i happen to know one or two things about harley's and i'm interested in how bad your back and butt is gonna hurt depending on your bike choice i do want to know what he's riding he's a he's not a, a tiny fellow and i just personally want it to be a road glide because that'd be sick that would be probably his most comfortable option <laughs> oh well, yeah your best also yeah stop over at sunstar-breaking.com uh shoot the support email use code pttg for 30 percent off get you one of these fancy sprockets that are in front of me so don't forget to stop at power the number two theground.com. <laughs> Jesse just saw something, but I'm flipping through captions, man. So I I can barely read it on the preview. Uh stop over power to theground.com. Hit us up, get some swag. Uh oh, shoot, that reminds me. Guess what just dropped before I started getting the show ready? Oh, the ju- the juggies? The jugs. The jugs finally came in. Uh, he's got the little ones. He's running a 25% off sale right now for today only. Hit us up on Facebook to get the code. I've already got one coming. I've been waiting for these jugs since. I, I feel like Rose and Titanic. It was 84 years ago. <laughs> you know, like that that gif or whatever, gif, yeah. whatever they call it that I always send. That's how I feel waiting on these things, man. So I'm super excited. So stop over to power the number to the ground.com. Click on the shop. Jesse is running 25% off. You're going to have to use code juggy. Let me throw it up here real quick. I just saw that pop up code juggy. Get you 25% off. 
get juggy with it. Yeah. Also, don't forget while you're over there getting your jug, hit up the Sunstar Sprocket giveaway. Sign up for that. Uh, it'll be pretty cool. So, I mean, everybody needs sprockets and chains sometimes. If you ride, we all know how how fast that they wear out if you ride a lot. I do know some people that an aluminum sprocket will last them two years. I don't know. Get you a new one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It'll be a thing for a Tech Talk episode one day. Um, but you know, oh, I got about you. that giveaway that I didn't realize I was, I don't have a bike with a sprocket. Hashtag shaft drive. Um, Good. And so, <laughs> so I was sharing, um, I was sharing the giveaway on Facebook and some of my like local motorcycle groups. And um, I shared it in a couple of them. And then it was a couple hours later, they were getting trumped by guys who went and entered the giveaway. And then it's one of those giveaways where you can get more entries by sharing the link and so, uh, and so i you know i had i went in there i was looking in the group i saw where like i shared i was like hey in case any of you guys are interested check out this giveaway and then like three or four posts up were a bunch of other guys being like no use my link to enter the contest use my uh, link to enter the contest i was like come on guys you just gotta yeah, share it there you, you go your- spread it out spread yeah. it out spread it before <laughs> somebody else does right so there you go i i didn't know about all that i i didn't share it obviously i'm not I work for Sunstar, so I'm not trying to win Sunstar stuff. Uh, this is this is purely for you guys, the listeners, the ones that keeps the show going. Although me and Tiller and Jesse could probably just sit here and talk to ourselves all night anyway. Um, which we do sometimes. Yeah, which we do. But this is all for you guys. So share away, uh, like and comment on it, um, and best of luck. So when you do get it, you will probably be hearing from me and it'll be fun so other than that i don't think we have much get you a jug using code juggies i don't have a cool little pop-up thing for that um but we'll get you all squared away if you want us to do i don't know anything in particular for um our off weeks go ahead and hit us up either on the discord or on the facebook and we will try our best if you have a cool tech segment that we might be able to do keep in mind i am in my basement and i do have a desktop so i am very limited on where i can go and what i can do but i will try to do my best um same with tiller if you have any cool uh stats or something that you want to do i mean maybe we can do the greats of the past versus the greats of today you know on some stats who knows uh tiller works all them magic numbers Hit us up. Let us know. We're always open to any type of suggestion. And until next time, we'll catch you guys. Have a great night. Peace.